Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host of the Lighthearted Life Radio Show. And our topic today is one that is so important to me. It's the practice of self-forgiveness. And I'm really excited to introduce our guest this morning. She is a New York Times best-selling author and uh, just an amazingly wise and kind person, author Rachel Macy Stafford. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Diane. It's so good to be here. Thank you. Hi. Um, Rachel has written, is it now five best-selling books? Are we on book five? We are on book five. Mm -hmm. I am in love with your most, well, I'm in love with your work, but I'm in love with your most recent book. It's for listeners. It's Soul Shift, The Weary Human's Guide to Getting Unstuck and Reclaiming Your Path to Joy. And something I love about the book is its focus on self-worth and self-forgiveness and all these things that we tend to lose sight of in this busy, busy, busy world of ours. And I think they're so important. So, so Rachel, I'm, I want to kind of start, start at the very beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, how did you get started in this work that is helping so many people now? Well, um, I was a special ed teacher for about 11 years, and I was always drawn to the kids, you know, who were kind of pulled off away from everyone, and it kind of broke my heart just to see kids, like, being rejected, and I could tell, like, okay, they're going through something. Something's preventing them from thriving, and so I think working with kids Um, like that for about 11 years really kind of prepared me for kind of like being that teacher or that encourager for a wider audience. Um, I've always loved to write ever since I was a little girl. And so when I had my daughters, I kind of had a choice, like go back to teaching or try to, you know, use my writing gifts and my gift of encouragement and the things that I've learned as a special ed teacher to kind of share it with the world. And I started a blog called Hands-Free Mama, and it just took off. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's amazing how it all has just led me to this place. I love that. And I have to say, um, thank you so much for your work in the special ed arena. Um, my brother was a special edu- education teacher. My daughter-in-law is a special education teacher. Mm-hmm. Niece is an aide in a special ed classroom. My sister's a counselor, and my um, daughter is a school psychologist. So there is a lot of care in our family for 
students who don't necessarily fit the mold. Mm-hmm. Right. And, oh, I guess I yeah. should say, and I've worked in public education for most of my professional life um, in mm. public relations. So um, bringing learning true, real learning opportunities to kids with special needs is the work that, pe- is work that people are actually called to, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, yes. I, I think that's quite remarkable that so many people in your family have the heart for that and the patience because it does, it takes a special person. Um, you know, you're not in it for the money, that's for sure. You're in it because you really care. And so I think that's really special. I love that we have that connection. Yeah. And 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 the heart to, to really, it, expands into the heart, just like you said, to, to look for the people that are um, not always the first to be noticed, the first to be mm-hmm. invited, the first to be talked to. And, and the truth of the matter is we all have some of that inside our own hearts, right? Like the fear oh, that yeah. we won't fit in or we won't be invited or asked to be on the team <laughs> from a girl who's Absolutely. Say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea behind Hands Free Mama, when you started the blog and then um, and then started, because Hands Free Mama, was that your first book? Yes. That yes. was the title of my first book. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind it, from what I can, my thinking is around how do we put down all the stuff that divides us or takes us away from being fully present um, in our lives. I, am I getting that right? Yes, absolutely. And there's both external distractions, which is what my journey started as hands-free mama. I was kind of just thinking, oh, I'm distracted by all these external things. But then as I got into it, I realized there was a lot of internal distraction, which can be the judgment, the self-judgment and the not feeling enough, and any kind of labels or, you know, critical um, baggage that you've carried, uh, you know, messages that, that have been ingrained in you, all of that also prevents you from showing up and, you know, as your fully human self and being present in this life. So I, I so agree with you. I have a talk I do about unconditional confidence and we start with the idea that you can't reach your full potential um, as a human, as a confident human that has intrinsic value and self-worth that can't be taken away by anything. You can't get there Mm -hmm. until you go, you have to go through self-forgiveness to get to the other side, right? It all starts with forgiveness. And mm-hmm. I love that you talk about this so much um, because it's, it's, for many people, it's a concept. It's like, yeah, 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 you know, sounds great, not, not really possible. So mm-hmm. why do you think self-forgiveness is so crucial, especially in light of our, our you know, the name of my show, The Lighthearted Life? Um, why is mm-hmm. it so crucial to forgive yourself, to live in a lighthearted way? Well, I think that if you're carrying this baggage, uh, whether it's, 
you know, guilt or regret over past choices or past behavior, it really prevents you from living in today. And I found when I was like reflecting back on how much I had missed during my distracted years with my daughters who were young at the time, I had some really, really heavy guilt that I was carrying. And I thought, well, I can't forgive myself. You know, I can't let myself off the hook because I caused harm. I caused damage. I wasn't there. But Mm -hmm. what I realized was that the longer I held on to that grudge against myself or that judgment against myself, the more I prevented myself from making new choices in the present day. And so that's why I often tell participants of my retreats and my course, I always tell them that today matters more than yesterday and your story is still being written. So today holds the most possibility of any moment in time. So you're honestly, like, we're the biggest obstacle to getting out of our way when it, when it comes to self-forgiveness. We are our biggest obstacle. So to be able to empower yourself and say, but I have today. I can't change the past, but I can make different choices in the time that I have now, and that's what I'm going to do. I love that. Oh, I love it so much. I want to get into like the how, how we do that. Um, But Mm -hmm. before we jump into the how, I want to um, take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors of the show. We're going to take a quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors and partners. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the United States and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now we're back to our show, The Lighthearted Life, talking about self-forgiveness with the amazing Rachel Macy Stafford. Rachel, I loved everything that you said about how important it is to, to set down the, those burdens. Like when, when I talk about it, I, I talk about this imaginary backpack that we carry, and it's so heavy because it's filled, and I actually have a backpack, and it's filled with these heavy rocks. And they have words on them like guilt and regret and shame, just the things that you were talking about. And so it's so important to let it go and to set that, that baggage, mm-hmm. as you say, down. We're not meant to carry that. We're meant to go forward better, forward to better. That's one of my talks. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Um, so what I want to get into is the how. How do we do it? How uh-huh. do we do that forgiveness? Can you share that with our listeners? Sure. Um, So this is the hardest part is deciding that when that 
feeling of shame um, or guilt comes up for us. Because, I mean, it's interesting how certain things can trigger these memories mm-hmm. of things that you wish had gone a different way. And so when that feeling comes up, instead of just deciding this hurts too much, I don't want to think about it, I'm going to push it away, the key is to really sit with that and acknowledge it. Like, for me, I'm I'm going to just give you an example. Uh, Recently, um, my husband had a surgery for a mass in his neck that we didn't know if it was cancerous or not for about eight weeks. Uh And I just kept thinking about the fact that when his dad died of cancer, unexpectedly, I had a work trip and I left and Ben passed away while I was gone. And I, for seven years, I have not forgiven myself for not being there. And watching Scott start to go through this similar kind of process, I decided, okay, this is the moment. I'm going to stop berating myself for not being there, and I'm going to do what I can do right now to try to at least, you know, forgive myself and have some kind of redemption. And Ben's not here. I can't apologize to him. But I was able to apologize to my husband who said, oh, my gosh, have you been thinking about this? And I said, yeah, for seven years I've been thinking about this. And he said, you can just let that go, Rachel. And so I also realized I'm doing things differently now because of those regrets. I, I have decided, okay, if something comes up with my family, I'm going to cancel that work trip, and I have canceled it. Um, and so it's really important to be able to sit with these feelings and say, okay, can I look back on myself at that time and have compassion? And I know at that time I got so much of my self-worth from accomplishing things, from accolades, from pleasing. And so I didn't cancel my work trip because I was going to let my publisher down. Now Uh I know my worth is not based on my achievements. It's it's my presence. My presence makes me worthy, just, just being me. And so I've grown since that time. So seeking forgiveness involves acknowledging the pain and asking yourself, okay, that happened. Now what can I do differently in my life today because of what I learned? I love this so much. And oh, Rachel, I have, I'm a little choked up. I have, I understand what you're saying because I have carried some of my own guilt um, quick story about seven years ago now um, my husband was diagnosed luckily diagnosed with colon cancer which got him uh, all of the testing that found out he had kidney cancer like his right kidney was all cancer right yeah he was scheduled for a pretty darn big surgery to remove a chunk of his colon and that right kidney and um 
at the time, it was, it was almost this time of year. And I was, uh, and I'm a, I'm a now four-time cancer survivor myself, and he's been, he's seen me through everything, right? The, uh, mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and a lot of ugly. And um, I was doing a Christmas show. I like, I do community theater, or I did. Um, and so I was in this Christmas show, and I was having so much fun. And I ended up, um, I have a compromised immune system, and I picked up a cold, and overnight it turned to pneumonia. And wouldn't you know, mm. the morning I woke up coughing up liquid was the morning I was supposed to take him for the surgery. Oh, and, no. Yeah. And so I called my best friend, and she got here right away, and she said, you get dressed. I'm going to my husband is Chuck. I'm taking Chuck to the hospital. Um, start making mm. calls for who can be there with him. I'll be back to get you. So, and we were, we had two different uh, health insurances. So we were, we were at different hospitals. So Nan, my best friend, who was there with me in North Carolina a couple of weeks ago when you and I met, <laughs> um, she took Tuck, got him all signed in and ready to go for a surgery, came back, picked me up, took me to the ER where they admitted me. And I spent a week in the ICU with double oh pneumonia. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Heart failure and sepsis. And he ended up oh. coming home for his surgery. I'm not even there. I'm in a different hospital and it was, it still feels like one of the worst things that I've ever done. And I know that getting sick isn't something that you do, except for, I was so, my brother is a professional Santa, so I was his elf. So I was all out and about during cold and flu season with a compromised immune system, singing and dancing and, you know, having a great time. And I managed mm-hmm. to get myself sick, like almost dying sick. Mm-hmm. Oh and my gosh! Talk about some guilt, right? <laughs> of course. But, but I have forgiven my husband's forgiven me. I mean, you know, I guess mm-hmm. he was angry at first because he's like, "How did this happen?" But um, I've forgiven myself, and I've changed how I do things, and I don't do much performing anymore at all mm-hmm. because it is a, mm-hmm. a risk. But um, because you have to, you have to look at it and then figure out how do I. Um, live my life in a way that, for like for me, to try my best to not get sick so I don't let people down and also don't die. Talk about the ultimate letdown. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to say to you is um, I bet you anything that your father-in-law in heaven is so proud and happy of the way you took that um, regret and really mm-hmm. turned it into, you know, just showing up for his son and your kids, you know what I mean? Like showing mm-hmm. up for your family mm-hmm. and loving on your son, I mean, his son, excuse me, so well. And so sometimes mm-hmm. if we hadn't done the things that give us the regret, we may never have changed to become the better people that we're meant to be. Do you agree? Oh, my gosh, yes, a hundred times, I agree. And isn't that the most beautiful thing that we possibly can do with a mistake that we make is to learn and grow and become the person that we want to be? I mean, I don't think there's anything more redeemable. And what a beautiful modeling it also provides, you know, for my daughter's, 
who who remember I wasn't there when their grandpa died. And for mm-hmm. me to be able to say, I messed up. And I was trying to prove my worth in all this outside stuff when everything that really mattered was right there in my home, in my heart. And so to be able to admit I messed up and this is what I'm doing differently now, I think that's also a really big gift that we can give to our family and our children. Yes. And and because what you did in that, I'm making air quotes, you can't see me, but in that mess up mm-hmm. was you mm-hmm. took your deeper into it like it wasn't just that I got on a plane and then my father-in-law passed away while I was gone and I Mm -hmm. wish I had been there no you dove deep in and said because you must have Rachel when you got on that plane did you have a feeling like should I be doing this oh yes I I didn't, I was not listening to my intuition, which is also something I do better now. I listen to myself and I knew I should not leave. I knew it, but I was, it was too powerful to think of letting down my publisher who had lined up all these interviews. My book had just launched and it was just, I couldn't do it. And so, yeah, like being able to trust when our heart says, okay, the hard choice right now is to cancel this trip, cancel these interviews, and to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to handle the disappointment that this is going to bring all these people because I'm not going to disappoint myself. Yes. Looking at this mess up, so to speak, is you really went further into why did that happen? Why did I do Mm -hmm. that? And you figured out it came from that whole idea of my value is in being this author, being this, you know, being um, wise to all these people, right? And and not not letting people mm-hmm. down, and and um, and so you you really went deeper to figure out no, that is not where my value and my worth and my joy and my heart is. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what. You, do Rachel what you write about and teach about is so so important and valuable and needed but it's not like why you're a special person do you know like and you really kind of figured out how to separate that where your worth and your value um, is in being the person you want to be for your family mm-hmm. and, and Absolutely. so, and so, and that I, took the, it took me many, many years. So, whoever's listening, just know this is not an overnight thing. Self forgiveness is a process, and this took mm-hmm. me well seven years. Seven years to forgive myself and and learn about where did I der- derive my worth, um, and that's yep. the practice of self worth, which isn't also in soul shift. But yeah, I mean, yep. this takes time. And it doesn't – and the other thing that I, I love to tell people is, like, this kind of inner inner work and inner growth and understanding and becoming, you know, becoming mm-hmm. that person that, we're, that we're, we're, we have the potential to be and that we want to be, um, it, there's no – it's not like going to college. You don't get a diploma or a certificate or – it's not like 
it's kind of a lot like with the Wizard of Oz, right? They got uh, the Cowardly Lion and the Tin Man. They got <laughs> they got talismans or whatever. They got something that represented yes. their growth and who they already were and letting themselves be that person. But there's really – we rarely have a wizard who's going to hand us a diploma or a pin for valor or courage. So we find it – there's no end, right? But what we find mm-hmm. is – that and we have to be really in tune to this that along the way we will see oh wow I made a choice that was different today than it was seven years ago or Mm -hmm. I responded in patience and kindness where um, in the past I've struggled with those things so you have to be on the lookout for these little the 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 proof of your growth, right? Yes. And then you that and you recognize it because otherwise it could, you can get discouraged, like feel like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm climbing this giant mountain and I'll never get there and be this person I want to be. Do you, do you feel like that? I, that's true. I, Oh, for sure. And I think that sometimes our, our forgiveness happens in little, in little tiny ways. Like, I think it's good to have a practice where you don't let it fester and build like I did for seven years. Um, and one of those things that I do is um, it's called the heartbeat check. And I mm-hmm. started this with my girls when they were little and I was realizing that I, I yelled too much when I was stressed out. Um, I wasn't, very emotionally regulated, so I was, I was becoming aware of areas I need to work on. And so instead of just berating myself silently, we started having these uh, heartbeat checks at night where I would say, can I listen to your heart? And they would say yes. And I would tell them, like, oh, I hear the happiness that you had today when you were, were you doing something in PE that was really fun? And, and so then they would listen to my heartbeat. And for some reason that put us in a place where we could say, Hey, today when I did this, that was very unkind or I didn't handle that very well. And it was good for me. But then as they grew into teenagers, which one of them's 20 now, um, wow. They they were able to share their mistakes with me in that safe setting. So I call those baggage releasers. If you can start to incorporate these little practices, and I have four of them in Soul Shift, but the heartbeat check is one of them. But anytime you can release that regret or guilt sooner than later, the better off it is. Yes, because as things fester, they get bigger mm-hmm. and bigger, bigger in our mind. And yes. like with your husband, there was nothing there festering for him. So I think that finding ways to, and I, I think that you're so right that forgiveness is a practice. Self-forgiveness is a Everything's a practice, really. Confidence is a practice. Yeah. Love yeah. is a practice. And, and then, you know, have you read um, The Four Agreements? Have you read no, that book? No, I haven't. I've heard good things about it. Rachel, it's one of the life-changing books because 
it talks about four things to make agreement with yourself, to don't take things personally, um, don't make assumptions, uh, uh, use your word, be impeccable with your word, like words are so powerful, you know, how we use them. And you already, you already exemplify these things. But the last one is always do your best, recognizing mm-hmm. that on any given day, your best is going to shift with, you know, how you feel or what's happening. I mean, it's not a performance um, standard. It's a inside of you standard, right, to always do your best. Yes. Right? Isn't it so good? And if we can and live with that trying, then we can mm-hmm. always, always um, overcome any mistakes. In fact, one of the things that you talk about in Soul Shift is that um, – there are some assurances that you can just keep telling yourself, like, life, mm-hmm. I did the best I could mm-hmm. given what I knew at the time. Um, and even when I do everything right, things can go horribly wrong. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not proof. Yes. If things go right, it's not proof that you were perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All of these yes. assurances that remind ourselves, you know what, when I think back on who I was at that time, and I think about what I was going through, it, it, you can have compassion for yourself. And you can be like, well, you know what? I thought I was doing my best when I was pushing my daughters to, you know, higher standards. I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing as a mother. And it's not until I learned later how encouragement and support, how that will look like in their lives. I love everything we've talked about. I reg- I hate that we don't have two more hours to keep talking because we <laughs> um, listeners. I, I I encourage you to find Rachel. She is at um, handsfreemama.com. She has a blog. Also, she does these amazing workshops and retreats to help people walk through how to make a shift in their soul with Soul Shift. And the book itself, I got to tell you, it's almost like going on your own personal retreat because it's full of, um, it's full of what you call stepping stones, right? Like mm-hmm. ways to experience what you're talking about in the book. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely. And try to, I try to break it down so it's not so overwhelming. Yes, that's what I love because you have these different practices. Which is which makes it um, which makes it so accessible because it's not about mm-hmm. you have to do this at a perfection level. These are practices that we do that we can do every day, and then we have growth. And then when we look back at the woman or person we were seven years ago, or two years ago, or five minutes ago, um, we can be like, "Wow, I've sure grown. I'm sure growing." Mm-hmm. And boy, I think the biggest regret would be to look back at who I was seven years ago and say, same girl, exactly the same, reacting right. exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And, and everyone, Rachel is looking at expanding and go and to going to beautiful destinations to bring her teaching um, to places that we want to go for vacation. And so uh, just look up everything she's got going on. If you get a chance to go to one of her soul shift workshops, do it. It'll change your life. And um, Rachel, I want to thank you so very much for joining me today 
being on the show, sharing your wisdom with our listeners. Is there any last thing you'd like to say before we wrap up? Yeah, just just remember today is where it's at. Today matters more than yesterday, and who you are becoming now matters more than who you were then. Absolutely. Well, listen, I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the United States and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We're quickly expanding to a daily radio show. So for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and also on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today, Rachel, to have you on the show. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. And go out there and make yourself a great and beautiful, lighthearted life. Thank you. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.